Blog Talk Radio. The Hollywood Boulevard Podcast, hosted by Jonathan Moody and Donnie Sturgis. Hey, hey, guys. This is uh, Donnie Sturgis, and with me as always is... Jonathan Moody. Yeah, and uh, we're uh, back with another great episode. Tonight we're going to talk about the films of Shane Black. Uh guy's a, an amazing writer and director. Um, uh, do we have Sierra and Paul on? Not at the moment. Um, I know they've okay. been having right. some technical difficulties with their phone, so hopefully uh, they do get a chance to call in. If not, we'll, we'll work something out with them. They'll try to figure something out for the sure. next time. But all right, so we'll we'll go ahead and and, and kick this off. And if they happen to uh, chime in later, we'll we'll include them in the conversation. If not, uh, we'll just go ahead and, and shoulder the burden ourselves. Oh, it's yep. so hard talking about movies. <laughs> Exactly. Anyway, um, I just want to kick this off with saying that, uh, first of all, Shane Black is um, probably one of my favorite uh, filmmakers. Um, uh, just from a uh, from well, from a writer standpoint, from a director standpoint, the guy is amazing. The guy has done some incredible stuff. This guy is one of those guys where he's like a he was like a hidden gem for a long time. Like he started off just writing, kind of behind the scenes. Kind of he gave us a lot of great classics. He gave us, you know, the uh, he gave us. Um, uh, well, he did. He did work on Predator. He gave us *Leave the Weapon*. He gave us *Monster Squad*. Um, you know, he gave us a lot. Of, and then, you know, finally, within the last like ten years, he finally jumped into directing, which everybody knows he should have done in the first place, um, and or a long time ago, and has been cranking out some really great uh, movies as a director. Um, so, uh, first thing I wanted to do is kind of just jump into you know basically his writing work. Um, you know, his early career because, like I said, he started off basically as a writer. Um, and oh, and by the way, he's also a fellow Pennsylvanian, uh, as I am. Um, so that's nice. also a, another plus for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, uh, I guess we can start you off with, you know, basically the, oh yeah, absolutely. You got, a lot, you got a lot in common actually. Um, oh yeah. There you go. If I ever meet that guy, we're, we're going to be able to kick back drinks for hours. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, I guess I start off with the, the first time I, and most people, because uh, a lot of people might not know, uh, people listening to the show probably know who Shane Black is, but anybody who is listening who doesn't know who Shane Black is, um, you might have known him first when he popped up in Predator. Um, he was the jokey guy, the guy who kept making uh, really profane jokes about his wife's um, hoo-ha. Um, but uh, the funny thing about that is, is he wasn't just there to fill that role. He was actually on set to uh to help with script rewrites to help with some of the the, the plotting and character stuff uh they brought him in and uh, if, uh from what i remember reading um they couldn't just bring him in as a writer um due to uh, uh due to the writer's guild rules or whatever so what they did is they put him in as an actor and then just had him unofficially just kind of just alter and just kind of make some changes here and there as, as the film shoot progressed um, but basically he started off, I think his, I think the character's name was Hawkins. Um, yes, but, uh, yes. you know, from that, yeah. 
So from that point on, and then, you know, the first, you know, one of the first big hits that he came out with after that as a, as a writer was Lethal Weapon, which revolutionized action movies um, and everything. So um, I guess I should probably let you talk a little bit about this. You just chime in wherever. Uh, yeah, and around the same time that Lethal Weapon got sold, uh, he also co-wrote a little horror movie, uh, a little horror kids movie called Monster Squad, which with, I remember watching Decker, as yes. a kid. Yeah, with Fred Decker, and they ended up um, making that. So that's really <laughs> sorry. Excuse me, that's horrible to do. Bless all you. That's uh... it is that time of the year, man. I am. I'm telling you, I'm getting sick already, and this sucks. Ah. Oh no. Uh, no need know, for that. Yeah. I'm hoping but, I. Uh, uh, I'm, I feel better. Too. But anyway. Yeah, I hope you feel better too, man. Yeah. Uh, that, Man, if I have to do the show alone, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I'll probably well, just turn just it talk. into like a disco. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll just I'll just do something <laughs> weird. People will be freaking out. Anyway, back on topic. Um, so, uh, you know, Lee, the the thing about Shane uh, about his writing style, you know, he has a very specific uh, type of uh, the style that a lot of it's uh, like uh, he has a thing where he likes to do. Um, he likes to make his main character. He likes to take two characters from like completely like different types of, of of walks of life and throw them together and 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 turn them into friends. And you'll see that evidence. You'll see that evidence in Lethal Weapon. You'll see that oh evidence God, in I, even. I never noticed. Yeah, that. Th- no, it's absolutely true. He, um, if you look at like uh, even like Iron Man. Iron Man was a movie that um, he, you know, he directed. But even though he, you know, he had some influence on it. But even then, like. Um, Rhodey, uh, that's very much a, a, a Rhodey and Tony Stark movie. Uh, it's really about the two of them. Um, but yeah, even like, yeah, um, uh, Lethal Weapon, you know, you've got uh, Martin and Riggs, um, or Riggs and Murtaugh, I mean. Um, and then uh, uh, even like, uh, you know, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, you have um, uh, Val Kilmer's like character. Robert and, yeah, Val Kilmer. Yeah, Robert, yeah Robert the two of them. Nice guys, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling's characters. Um, but yeah, that's, ah. that's a very, very popular thing with Shane. He likes, and which is, which is funny because I wouldn't say, he, I, I want to say he created that style, but it's a formula that gets a lot of use. It's basically the buddy cop film. It's a, it's, it's basically, um, I wouldn't say he invented the buddy cop film, but he certainly, um, he did a lot to make it what it is today. He, he put a lot, he revolutionized a lot of the aspects of what makes a buddy cop film a buddy cop film. Um, and so, right. he's, you know, and, and the thing I love about him is, that, you know, he does, you know, he has, uh, we were talking about this, uh, we were texting each other about this the other night, you know, his, um, uh, his dialogue style, he's a very snappy, very, very funny dialogue, you know, basically guys are constantly like cracking jokes against each other. Um, uh, in fact, um, if I remember correctly, I remember reading somewhere, um, uh, he has a thing that he, they're called Shane Blackisms in his dialogue. Um, well, and, and, and the basic gist of it is that, um, uh, jokes about the story, uh, the situations in the, mm-hmm. in the story are included, uh, in scene directions, uh, for the script. So he has this thing, you know, he has a very specific type of style, but it works like it, when it, when it, when it translates the screen, it pops and it's something I've always loved about Shane. Um, he just, he has this, this very just gripping, you know, really bring you in and kind of make you, it's, you, you almost feel like you're part of the family. You you go in and you're like, man, I love this. I, I'm, you're part of the action. You're part um, of the fun. 
All right, Sierra's back on, so hopefully uh, oh, cool. her uh, or she's got everything Hi. ready for that. Hey, uh, hey, Sierra. Hey. Oh, sorry about that. Um, like I had some difficulties with my phone. It restarted on its own. Oh, oh, that sucks. Um, yeah, technical, yeah, technical difficulties. Yeah, it shut down completely. So how are you guys doing? What did I miss? Um, oh, we, no, we just, we just got started, Donnie. Yeah. Um, we just got started. We were, uh, I was pretty much just, uh, uh, bowing to Shane Black and, uh, basically all, but just, you know, I I was, I was really just kind of just going fanboyish on him. Uh, we were talking about, um, (laughs) uh, his, his writing style. Um, you know, we, we were starting with his early stuff, basically going with, you know, um, uh, started off with his appearance in Predator and his reasons for being in Predator. Uh, then we moved on to Lethal Weapon, um, and then I just kind of touched upon the fact that uh, he has a specific writing style of how, uh, in all and in, in, uh, a lot of his movies or most of his movies, um, he usually had it's he he didn't invent the buddy cop formula, but he um, but he definitely added a lot to it, and a lot of what we have today uh, with buddy cop films comes from a lot of stuff he brought to the to the genre. Yeah, uh, with, he like, Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's all about taking two guys from completely different walks of life, throwing them together in a situation, yeah. and turning them into friends by the end of it. Um, yeah, you know, and usually yeah. peppering that with really fun, snappy dialogue. Um, yeah. Well, also, I read I, he was he's one of the highest paid screenwriters. Yes, yes, he is. Yeah. Well, I yeah, um, which is impressive. You know, I noticed. I noticed when I was watching um, was that like Lethal Weapon. Um, and then I noticed it with Nice Guys, and I noticed it with Iron Man and stuff, that yeah. he, uh, he he takes basically uh, mundane dialogue that you would have in a normal situation, you know, mm-hmm. and completely makes it entertaining. Um, like the, uh, I'm going to give an example. Uh, in Iron Man 3, there's the, the talk with uh, uh, Iron Man, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Gwyneth Paltrow. And they're just right. kind of having this back and forth uh, battle about going on vacation and stuff. Right. And it was just like something you would see out of a normal situation, but actually yeah. entertaining. And he did oh, that absolutely. with a weapon, like all this Christmas talk and stuff that was going on in the house. And I was just like, wow, these are just like normal conversations. Like something like, hey, watch out for that, you know, watch out, uh, don't step on that you know, thing right there. You know, where right. you need a normal situation, and then it's brought into being kind of actually entertaining and 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 fun. I think Quentin Tarantino mm. might have stolen some of that kind of stuff from Shane Black. You think a so? Bit. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he he goes a little further, but you know, I I think he you know they're similar in in the style of of changing you know taking normal situations and kind of sure. making them a little bit entertaining. I would agree. I would say. Um, but I'm a Tarantino fan as and, well, so yeah, absolutely. And, and that's one of the yeah. that's one of the things about um, Shane Black because I mean, like the the fun that he puts into his scripts isn't just like relegated to what's on the screen. Like I said, I, I've been I was reading about how uh, he also like like a uh, another thing that I mentioned before uh, you guys uh, jumped in, Sierra and Paul, is that uh, he also peppered his screenplays with notes, uh, little in jokes. He would comment on. Uh, on scenes that are happening in the script. And he would also pepper it with notes for, for the producers and directors and stuff like these little jokes he'd pepper throughout that would make the, the script reads just as entertaining as the, as the movies themselves. So, I mean, this guy is definitely, he's kind of a, 
he kind of almost he's almost Hawkins from Predator. It's just not nearly. Well, he might actually be his foul mouth. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but uh, you, know, you know, he definitely has this like this really like fun personality, and he likes to take that and 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 put it on the page, and then translate that to film as well. You know, to the screen. Yeah. It- like like in Iron Man three when Ben Kingsley was found out to be a fraud, the, the Mandarin. <laughs> but in in the comic books, the Mandarin is really a maniacal supervillain. Sure. I, I absolutely. But, but he made him. It, it, it Ben Kingsley was just a washed up actor who was uh, sure. had prostitutes and stuff. Is yeah yeah. And that's and, and that's that's actually a, a good uh, something I wanted to bring up later, but I'm gonna bring it up now since since it's out there. Iron Man 3 is probably my favorite of the Iron Man movies, and that's not a very popular opinion. Most of the diehard comic book fans hate Iron Man 3, um, mainly because of they feel that they were cheated by the handling of the Mandarin. Um, yeah, the thing yeah. Is, is it's a, I look at it in two ways. I, I, I understand where the comic book fan, because I'm a comic book fan myself, so I understand where the comic book fans are coming from. Yeah. But as a Shane, like if you look at it as a Shane Black film, it is pure genius because the way he handled that, because that's the thing, the Mandarin is a tough character to put on the screen because it's it's a yeah. racist stereotype is what it is. Yeah, not, you know, not so, only that, but each, each ring has like superpowers and all that, you know. Sure, yeah. sure. And you know, and we hadn't quite introduced magic into the Marvel universe yet, so trying to implement that in Iron Man three would have been a tough sell, and so. I mean, now we pro- nowadays, like now that we've had, you know, uh, Doctor Strange and stuff on, it would have been easier to do. But yeah. I mean, with that, and, and Shane Black does more grounded fare, with the exception of his writing for Monster Squad. Yeah. But I mean, this is one of those things where, you know, you can't handle it. And so I think the way he handles the Mandarin in the movie is brilliant because you didn't see it, it was. coming, and it it's was. hilarious. And, and Ben Kingsley, out of all people. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. Oh my God, yeah. that's the thing. Like Shane Black knows he's uh, he has a really great group of people. Like he knows how to pick people. Um, yeah. You know he knows how to make he he knows how to use actors uh, to the best of their ability and just he again um, the the most recent one the nice guys I that is probably one of my I, just quickly one of my favorite. I love that movie I love that Isn't movie. Isn't it great? Isn't it great? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it, that's um, the I, sad part I just is, watched it last night actually for the first time and um, me too. I, I will me say too. that um, one of my here here's the thing here's my here's my biggest problem with that movie movie is perfect up until the end like I think the ending to that movie um, I, I um, and I was kind of talking to to my uh, brother about this but basically what I think is that the um, the film kind of you know it it, it it feels like it was written by two people because it was you know there's a, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of Shane Black in it but there's a lot of the other writer you can kind of tell and I feel like they were arguing about the ending to this and um, hmm. I understand yeah, the yeah, ending I you're exactly right. yeah. like I I understand about the ending um, and I don't want to spoil anything so I'm not going to mention it because people should see right. the nice guys and everything but there there's a certain spot uh, where a certain person dies and I was just like Okay, so where's it gonna go from here? And then Yeah, that that took go. me for a, a surprise too, yeah. Well it goes into a different, you know, thing and everything, but I was just like I don't know. I like there's also and I think it actually was it even goes further as when they get called 
away from, you know, and I'm trying not yeah. to spoil it, like trying not to say anything that yeah. people are going to go. You're walking a thin line, right? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. everybody kind of knows where I'm going with this, but there was a part where the two guys get called away, um, and in real life, both those guys would not go away right. and everything, but right. they had to for the story and everything. And I just sure. feel like that was like, I don't know, like that, you know, some of that kind of ruined, you know, my, I would have given it a 10 out of 10 had a lot of that happened. You know what I mean? Like, I it, it by the way, I kind of, I, I think um, the little, the little girl was so charming. She's got a great oh, career yeah. ahead of herself. Ryan Gosling's mm-hmm. daughter in the movie, yeah, she was great. Oh, yeah. and, uh, and I think it's it's and I can't remember. It's pronounced angry or Andrew. I don't remember, but it's it's, it's a it's an interesting name. But yeah, um, she was fantastic. Like she stole the show. Like she stole the whole yeah, movie. Right. And again, it's, yeah. you know, Shane Black has a really great predilection of of just grabbing the right person for the role and just making them just uh, amazing. And I, I, I totally mm-hmm. get what you're saying about the ending of, of, of Nice Guys. I said, for me, I think the momentum, I think everything, all the goodwill that's built up in, 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 the, in, in the bulk of that picture, I think more than makes up for any of the flaws that that movie has. Because for me, it's just, it's the, it's the perfect, like, like, recapturing of, like, 70s, like, action cinema. Oh, yeah. You know, it had definitely had know, the 70s. Uh, oh, yeah. original vibe on it definitely sure yeah. and and you know and just like i said the momentum that 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 shane black puts in there and just you know the way he has the character like the the chemistry between gosling and crow uh there's there's so much good in that movie that any flaws that are in there i think are just are, are more than made up for with with everything about that movie that's so good and i think it's one of the reasons why i think i'm a little more forgiving of it uh than some yeah. people might be uh including you moody Jeez. No, yeah. Um, well, that's uh, why they call him Moody. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I get that a lot. So I'm wondering if that might be an actual thing. Um, uh, <laughs> here's the thing. Um, I mean, I, I really compare Nice Guys to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is by far one of my favorite films. Like, I love that movie. Oh, I think absolutely. it's almost. I, I think it's almost flawless. Um, there, there are some really great scenes that made me laugh. Um, I, I just, you know, it made me excited and everything. And it's kind of funny because I, I was listening to a podcast. I think I I shared it with you, uh, Donnie. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was a podcast where he was, he was talking about how his career, um, kind of stopped in 2005 for a little bit. Like he was not getting work. And there was an actual uh, point where he was, like, not able to get, like, anything. And so he decided that he was going to, you know, he just kept writing. He kept sending things out. And one of the things he wrote, um, he wrote, uh, was it um, uh, Lethal Weapon 5? He wrote a draft of that, and he sent it out. And that would have been amazing. But unfortunately, uh, Danny Glover uh, might be really, really too old for this shit. Because he's just you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, those guys are really that interested in and re- returning. Which is, I mean, I, I'm not an actor like that. Like I'm not that big name of an actor, you know. Like I can't go into the mindset of that. Sure. But um, I, I could imagine that after not doing it for so many years, you know, 
that people might just yeah. not be interested in doing it. Sure. You know, Dan- Danny Glover got a little bit lately into like political stuff. And so maybe sure. that's, I, I don't know. I, maybe he's a little controversial to some people, you know, he, he's a very liberal, you know, maybe that's why, I don't know, you know, possible. Possible. Um, yeah, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is one of those. I think one of the reasons why I love it so much is, like you said, like for a while there, Shane Black just kind of faded into uh, I would say obscurity, but he kind of faded into the background for a long time. Cause, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. He, you know, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is his first real, uh, you know, directorial debut, and so, but before that, he's only been you know writing stuff. And the last thing that he wrote, I think, was the Long Kiss Goodnight, which didn't do well in the box office at all. And so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and even before that, like, if you look at, like, you know, Last Boy Scout, Last Action Hero, which is odd, they both start with the last, um, it's weird. But I mean, all three of those movies, you know, in the in the tail end of the 80s and into the 90s, weren't real box office successes. They didn't do that well. Um, granted, right. I think Last Boy Scout is an underrated gem. I think Last Action Hero is an underrated gem. Um, Long Kiss Goodnight, I'm kind of in the middle on that's that's the one thing that he's written that i'm just kind of like eh about i never really i think gina davis were kind of is kind of the person that ruined that for me because that was when she was doing that she did she did that pirate movie around the same time and i was like i don't know if you really can oh, cut this an island star yeah yeah oh, um but, but anyway the the, uh, the point i was trying to make was is that um so when kiss kiss bang bang came out it was it was like an explosion it was like an explosion like shane black is back like and this time he's directing you know <laughs> This is what yeah. happened in my head. This isn't, it didn't happen in real life. This happened in my head. And uh, when I found out about it, and I found out that he was directing, I was like, oh, my God, this is great. He, people wanted him to direct forever. He, <laughs> he went as far back as, you know, like like with Lethal Weapon and everything, people were like, Shane Black needs to be a director and everything. And, and he talked about doing it and then, you know, never did it. And so when this came out, I was like, holy crap. So I went and saw Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, it was great. I loved the – again – Two great actors who play well off each other, Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. Uh, again, Shane Black style, throwing, taking two guys from completely different walks of life, uh, walks of life, throwing them together, and 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 watching yeah. the hilarity ensue as they, you know, do some action stuff. Um, and I, I saw that, and I was like, oh my gosh, like Shane Black is back, like he's here. And now, now he's like, you know, he's he's really on top again, which is great. I I'm I'm so happy for him because I mean, and now he's directing like regularly now because i mean he's got the predator coming out he's got doc savage he's working on and yeah so, i heard i heard about the predator he's gonna put more mystery or, or reveal more mystery about the predator or something like that right right yeah and you know it's it's i'm excited because it's you know kind of going back to basics um but uh but yeah with kiss kiss bang bang i think that i that's probably that's probably my favorite uh i mean we can't really there really is a lot to go on as far as his directing films, as his directed films go. But I, yeah, because this bank is probably his best. Um, yeah. Iron Man three is, is, I don't know, depending on what day it is. Uh, I think Iron Man three and nice guys kind of swap places for you, but I'm not sure. But, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I digress. Um, so the, I guess the other thing I wanted to, I, I wanted to go back a, a little bit and go back to like last boy scout and last action hero. Um, Cause again, those are two movies that I absolutely love that I think are completely underrated. Um, I think they're a lot better than people give them credit for. Um, I know, uh, Moody, I know you were talking about uh, how Last Action Hero, um, you were texting me about it and something, you said something about um, how, you know, you don't really think that that's, 
really a uh, that doesn't feel like a Shane Black film. Right, and also you have to understand Shane does not like that movie, and I don't know if it was whether or not yeah. he had a bad time with writing the script or if sure. um, a, a lot of times writers um, and a lot of people might not know about this or whatever, but <clears throat> a lot of times writers, uh, especially hit writers like people like um, like Shane who uh, has had a Hollywood big Hollywood movie, they get kind of asked to kind of doctor scripts and if they do enough sure. work on it to get credited as a writer. Yeah. Uh, people like Joss Whedon wrote, like, for Speed, and he actually wrote, like, uh, every dialogue in that movie is, is, is Joss right. Whedon. And um, a lot of people don't know this, but Graham Yost gets the uh, credit for it because he was the first original writer, and uh, I guess right. they didn't want to pay Joss Whedon to have his name on there. But anyway, but you know, oh, wow. Shane Black... Yeah, so Shane Black wrote, uh, probably co-wrote it with uh, Zach Penn and a ton of other people who are big Hollywood people. And if right. you look at that movie, it doesn't have the Shane Black, um, you know, isms that staples. you were saying. Like, yeah, yeah, the no, you're staples. Right. It's 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 not set in Christmas, which is a very big thing. It is. Um, it's right. not. Uh, it, it doesn't have. Well, it does have the idea of two people who are not. You know, sure. uh, you know, likely to become friends, becoming friends with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, and then the little boy Austin mm-hmm. O'Brien, who I absolutely mm-hmm. loved him in that and My Girl too. And then he kind of just fell right. off the planet, you know, and everything. Back, so back then, back then, anything with Arnold Schwarzenegger was like little. When you were young, you had to see it. You know, almost right, everything sure. that Arnold, Arnold made, yeah. even if it was crap, like End of Days. Which I yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh man, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think, yeah, I think uh, End of Days was I think I think End of Days was the movie that made uh, Schwarzenegger realize he should probably just run for office instead. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm he going to be the governor now. Probably should have made it End of Days then. Maybe he should have made it End of Days because it was the end of yeah, film right? days for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. So last action here, I'm like, I love that movie. Like as you said, I, I absolutely sure. adore it. I think it's got some really funny scenes in it. Um, and uh, you know, and and now that I know Shane Black a little bit more, now that I've done some research, I can kind of tell his uh, probably tell what which ones he did. I actually re-rented it uh, and was gonna watch it, like watch some of it before, and then got distracted today. So wasn't able to, but I do want to watch it again because I haven't seen it in forever, and my copy oh, is I, uh, scratched. So I have I it on a... I have it on Blu-ray, so I watch it every so often because I I think as a as as a concept, I think the concept is is just brilliant. I love the idea of being able to to you know circumvent the 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 or, you know the difference between the real world and the movie world. You know, it just it's, it's there's a there's a fun a fantasy element to it that I really like, and I think there's a lot of really good comedy that gets mined out of there. Uh, I think one of the, the I think one of the big Shane Black things is the villain, Charles Dance as the villain with the with the glass eye. Oh, yeah. Man, oh, yeah. It, it, if there's if there's anything in that movie that's Shane Black, it's that villain. And Charles Dance, once again, like perfect actor to play that part. He chews scenery like a mofo. He is amazing. <laughs> I just remember the line in that movie where he goes up and he's like, he comes into the real world. He realizes once you've shot somebody, you've, you know, really shot somebody or something. So he, right. he goes into the real world, shoots a guy, and he goes, I just shot 
somebody here, come arrest me. And like, all of a sudden, uh, somebody goes, hey, keep it quiet down there. <laughs> Nobody cares. Yeah. It's a That's great, a real great world scene. for you. Oh, absolutely. Um, you, uh, the hero's not going to gonna come and save the day. Did you guys well, happen to see us? Did you happen to see Swing State? Um, you know what? Actually, I did not see that one. Well, it's good because I, I definitely was not a fan it, of it. It was okay. I I like political stuff, but it was okay. It was okay. It kind of moves kind of yeah. slow, kind of drags on. So, um. Well, yeah. Yeah. was there anything else you wanted to touch on before we end the show today? Well, I mean, we got like what fifteen minutes left, don't we? Right. Uh, yeah. After, after the like, it's the live. So I just wanted to make sure there yeah. were still things that we wanted to. Oh yeah, no, no. I, to mention. I think I, I think we're making some really great points. I think I think the discussion is really good. I think we're we've covered pretty much everything, uh, almost everything um, that I was planning on. Um, Oh, last Boy Scout. I did want to. We we talked about Last Action Hero and how it's an underrated gem, and and you know you've mentioned the fact that Shane Black doesn't care for it, and I think he should just punch himself in the face because I think it's great. Um, but um, Last Boy Scout is another one that I think is an underrated gem. A lot of you don't really hear many people talk about the Last Boy Scout a lot, and I think that is a fantastic film. Again. It's it's got Shane Black all over it. I mean, it, from the very beginning, you have you know Hollenbach, which is you know, you know Bruce Willis's character, you know washed up PI or washed up yeah. used to be a Secret Service agent, became a washed up PI, and then you've got uh, um, uh, Damon Wayans as the as the football player who's washed up, you know, basically, and uh, again two different guys from two completely different walks of life uh, thrown together in a, in a, in a, in a murder mystery that they have to solve and all this action stuff blowing up and everything. And you have a really great villain, um, Taylor Negron, another great character actor who nails it. Um, every, like every time he shows up, he calls, he calls all the characters by, by, by their full names, like William and everything. But another great character actor who does an amazing job and everything he's in. But, um, I just, uh, Boy Scout, way I think before is, his, uh, Passed way before his time. Oh yeah, way before his time. He's, he started off as a stand-up comic too. Like he was a stand-up comic first. Um, in fact, I think the first time I ever saw him was in Better Off Dead, or not Better Off Dead. Uh, One Crazy Summer. Or no, he was Better Off Dead because he was the mailman. It was in Better, Better Off, Off Dead. Dead, and then Oh, Better Off yeah. Dead was such a good movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, but the, I think the Last Boy Scout definitely needs more love from people because I think again it's it nails all the great beats. Like you've got some really great dialogue. Uh, Bruce Willis is, pro- I think, is one of his best roles. I, I, I uh, depending on how I'm feeling on on any particular day, I might almost like it better than Die Hard. I know that's a horrible thing to say because I love Die Hard, but I mean, uh, it's just, I, I just, I love his the way he handles the character. He's just because he's such an asshole. He's such an asshole, but he's a funny <laughs> asshole, you know. And so it just, and he just has this because he hates himself. He hates the world. And, and but yet he's still willing to do what's right. And then you've got like Damon Wayans, who you know coming fresh off of In Living Color, like one of his first film, you know, big film roles. And here he is yeah. coming in and holding his own. I think it's another great flick. Um, and I really need to stop dominating conversation. If anybody else wants to say anything about this movie, feel free. Well, uh, yeah, Paul, Paul, what do you what do you think of it? Have you seen Last Boy Scout, or has it been a while, or? It's been a, while, a long time, so I, I vaguely remember it, but Bruce Willis, I remember he was very good in it. 
Yeah. And if you ever get I, a chance, I remember. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say if you get a chance to revisit it at some point, it'll. I wouldn't say it'll change your life, but it'll definitely you'll enjoy it. <laughs> um, I, uh, I what I enjoyed was his daughter, um, his uh, filthy mouth daughter, Daniel Harris, uh, Danielle yeah. Harris, uh, who, uh, oh. you know, obviously a very big screen queen, and um, and both mm-hmm. Sierra and I have met her. I don't know if you have, Donnie, but she's a wonderful. Yes, uh, yeah, she's she's a wonderfully sweet person. Very down to earth. Funny story. And, uh, and what? Funny story about that. Actually, um, I met her at Horror Find one year. I think it was like 2010 or something. And I went up to her because um, I was, uh, God, I, I think it was like '93. And uh, I, uh, I think '90. When did that come out? I think it was '90. I think it was '90. '91 when that movie came out. So I was in 10th grade. Um, and I remember watching the movie and then just loving it. And I thought she was fantastic. So I went up to the table when I talked to Danielle. I was like, Danielle, I just wanted to let you know I loved your character in uh, The Last Boy Scout. And she just laughed at me. And she goes, why? She was a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she was a little asshole. And I was like, well, I just thought she was funny. <laughs> I I wish I had said something about The Last Boy Scout. I told her my favorite one of hers was uh, – don't tell mom the babysitter's dead, which is oh, by yeah, far one of my too. favorite movies. So, but yeah, sure. she was she she was great, but uh, she's so she was so amazing in, in Last Boy Scout because she was just um, uh, she yeah she was a little bitch and uh, her character was and that mm-hmm. was and that was what made it fun because like she dealt with her dad and 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 kind of you know uh, and that was another oh, yeah. thing I guess that that he's really good at writing is like little kids who. You know, yeah, uh, no, to kind yeah. of get involved with with the with the father doing stuff because that that came back sure. in Nice Guys, and I don't think that was anything else. But still, like that became a a thing. Maybe he was trying to make the next Danielle Harris, you know, with uh, yeah, with uh, that thing. So yeah, it was interesting. Um, I I loved the last Boy Scout. I just I need to rewatch it again and probably get it on Blu-ray at some point. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think it's on Blu-ray at the moment. Um, well, there is. I think there's a Blu-ray of it, but it's not a very good transfer. Um, the best way to get it right now is this: is just to either uh, rent it off of Amazon, or or I think you can buy it on Amazon. Like, there's a high def transfer on Amazon that you can get. Um, but it hasn't yeah, been. Well, it hasn't. Uh, it hasn't really also, on on Com, on Comcast on demand, you can get it. I think. Oh, nice, nice. There you go. That's yeah. that's another good way to do it. But yeah. I mean. Um, but yeah, you're right. He he has a really uh, interesting way. I mean, I mean, look at Monster Squad for all uh, intents and purposes. Like like he uh, he clearly can write for children. Um, you know, he makes yeah. them. He kind of makes them more three D, uh, more three dimensional and more realistic. Like I mean, because if you look at like Monster Squad, these kids, they aren't like your cookie cutter little like <laughs> I'm cute and cuddly. Like these kids swear. These kids talk the way we talked when we were in yeah. when we were that age. You know, these aren't like the the kids from like ET or something, where they, you know, their their speak is just like simplistic and everything. Like he knows how to how to craft kids that talk the way kids talk. I remember when the first time I watched Monster Squad, and you know, these kids were like swearing. I'm like, oh my god, I would hang out with these kids. These kids are amazing. Rudy, especially like Rudy's like, I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? And he's like, freaking staking like vampire chicks and stuff. I mean, this guy was like badass. Well, man, I wanted um... Rudy so bad. If I ever got a chance to interview Shane, uh, one of the questions I would ask is, who wrote the line, Wolfman's got nards? Was it Fred or was it him? <laughs> I, I just, that, that line question. is iconic. 
you know. Wolfman has uh, <laughs> Yeah, Wolfman's Got Nards is one of my favorite, like, freaking uh, lines in all of them. Uh, like, like silly film history, you know, or whatever. Yeah, like, that was, sure. just, that was great. And he's, yeah, he's a really great dialogue. And, um, and that goes with the last action, or the last, well, last action hero, but, but last Boy Scout, he had a lot of really good dialogue, uh, you know, and he kind of, because oh. I think Bruce was so used to being um, John McClane at that point. I, I think, you know, right. they'd done both Die Hards, yeah. and, and then he also mm-hmm. did that, uh, what's that movie that he did where he was on the, the boat um, in the Mississippi or something? Um Oh, you know man, what I'm talking, I'm talking about. about. Um, yeah, I don't remember what it's called, uh, though. But I, I think he had done that maybe before Last Boy Scout, too, and, um, like, you know, around those same times. So he was – and each kind of, kind of character is, like, a Bruce Willis character. You know what I mean? Like, it's just Bruce Willis being Bruce Willis um, kind of and thing, I, and like what you would expect. He plays good as a washed-up guy. He's just naturally he good at, at, at that, yeah. He does. Yeah. Every, everything he was, even all the way back to Moonlight. What was it called? Moonlight. Oh, yeah. Moonlighting, yeah. Yeah, yeah and <laughs> it's funny because I, I remember at the time Last Boy Scout didn't do all that well uh, in the box office. And a lot of people that I knew didn't really care for it. And, I, and a lot of the complaints I saw was even though he's still playing a washed-up kind of guy, he's kind of more unlikable in Last Boy Scout than he's ever been even in the, in the, in the original three diehards. Um, I mean – He's kind of a dick in 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 the first three diehards as well because I mean he's he's on the yeah. outs with his wife, you know. But he's still kind of got uh, almost kind of got a lovable aspect to him. In the last Boy Scout, mm. there is nothing lovable about Hollenbeck <laughs> at all. He is just a complete trash person. And so and and but yet at the very by the end of that movie, you still find yourself liking this guy because you find out there's a redeeming quality or there is still good in him. He's just. He's just because like McLean doesn't hate himself. McLean just hates the situations that he's in. Hollenbeck yeah. just hates himself. He just loathes life. He just, in fact, he's just waiting to to die. Like basically, like he the only reason why he keeps getting up in the morning is because alcohol hasn't killed him yet. So I mean, <laughs> and, and, and a lot of people, a lot of people didn't care for that um, because they felt that he took that character I think too far, um, that that type of character. And so there was like you know because most most of your people that watch movies, they want characters that they like. And so when you make yeah. a character too unlikable, people can identify with them, then, and they don't care to want to see what anything happens to them unless it's something bad. Um, and in it, that case, it, I think that's it, what it was. You, you, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, it's kind of like the way he made Robert Downey Jr. kind of give up in Iron oh, Man yeah. 3. You know, he, he, And he always was an alcoholic, the Tony Stark, you know. And right. I, I really love the way Nick Fury... Samuel L. Jackson had to go up to him and say, you know, get off your ass. Right. You know, you got to get, get with it, you know? Uh, yeah, totally. So, um, Oh, and I, ahead, one more, one more thing I need to touch on before we, uh, cause I think we got like four minutes left. Uh, one more thing I want to touch on real quick because I, I, I don't know how he didn't bring this up. Um, but another, another, uh, uh, Shane Blackism, uh, if, uh, if you will, is his penchant for setting his movies around Christmas time, um, which is something I think is just great um, because it gives me more Christmas movies to watch for one. Um, not that I need that many more, but uh, it's very interesting that Shane Black has this tendency um, to set most of his films around Christmas time. 
Um, Everybody loves Christmas. Well, most people do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, because he, I mean, he, uh, in fact, I've got a, I've got a quote from him here where he talks about it. He says, um, Christmas represents a little stutter in the March of days, a hush in which we have a chance to assess and retrospect our lives. I tend to think also that it just informs as a backdrop. The first time I noted it, noticed it was in Three Days of the Condor, a Cindy Pollock film, where Christmas is in the background adds this really odd, chilling counterpoint to the espionage plot. I also think that Christmas is just a thing of beauty, especially as it applies to places like Los Angeles, where it's not so obvious, and you have to dig for it like little nuggets. One night on Christmas Eve, I walked past a Mexican lunch wagon serving tacos. I saw this little string, and on it was a little broken plastic figurine with a light bulb inside it of the Virgin Mary. And I thought, that's just a little hidden piece of magic. You know, all around the city are little slices, little icons of Christmas that are as effective and beautiful in and of themselves as any 50-foot Christmas tree on the lawn of the White House. So that, in a mm. lot of words, is the answer as to why he uses and why he puts Christmas in a lot yeah. of movies. So I think he it's, just, it's interesting. I think uh, – I think, and uh, I think we were talking about it last night, but I, my my thing is I think he just uh, needs a setting, you know. Um, yeah. Every film needs a time period that they're going to shoot, uh, that they're going to, uh, that they're, it's going to, the movie's going to set around. And Christmas is an easy kind of time. Um, any holiday is an sure. easy time to kind of set because, you know, there's there's decorations, there's, you know, things going on. It, it affects everybody. Yeah. In some way or another, and Lethal Weapon, it was I guess it was the first time he had done it, and it was basically, um, it was it was just this nice like you think like, you think family, you think getting together and everything, and then at the end of the movie, uh, Briggs and Murtaugh are like best of friends by the end of it. Yeah. And so it's kind of a magical like time period of like this is yeah. happening right before Christmas, and then this is like kind sure. of a Christmas gift. But it's not, it's so subtle. It's not even like they go and say, you know, it's not like a Hallmark movie where they sure. like well, blast it in your face about it. You know? Right, well, right. I, I, think, I, think that's, I think that's one of the things I like about it is it adds a nice contrast. Because most movies, you know, you don't really think about the setting too much in the background. And, then, and even in Shane Black movies, you're not really supposed to think about the setting, although it's kind of come to the forefront because people have noticed it. But, like... It's really neat because you have Christmas, a beautiful holiday for for most people. You know, they love it. It's all about family and giving everything. But then, you know, you juxtaposition that with, like, explosions and people getting shot with nail guns in the face and, you know, mm. people getting tortured, you know, with, with, with batter, car batteries. And, like, it's so neat. It's, it's, a, it's a really neat contrast because you have this beautiful time uh, as a backdrop against these really – uh, big budget like action things and horrible things happening to these people as they're trying to you know solve a crime, um, which is it's neat. It's it's just a neat little uh, a neat little contrast that that uh, most movies don't even think about, and uh, it's it's a nice little touch that I think really helps sell you know make a Shane Black movie a Shane yeah. Black movie. Yeah, definitely. Well, right before we end, which I have two more minutes, I wanted to real quick and uh, talk about the. Uh, uh, the the Twitter page where people can come hit up it's uh, H-L-L-Y-W-O-O-D B-L-V-D pod uh, that's how it is and um, oh no I thought we had uh, we have it uh, where the heck did it go alright Lethal okay here what's your favorite Shane Black film I put Lethal Weapon up Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Nice Guys and 0% other name and comments uh, well, I said other name and comments. Ten uh, percent mm-hmm. on Lethal Weapon, thirty percent on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, sixty percent on the Nice Guys. Um, out of ten votes, yeah. so 
See, you're there in the you minority go. there, Moody. You, you, I, I, you, no, you the wrong horse, buddy. Movie. I enjoyed it, but I, just, <laughs> I know. I'm just, know, I'm just, I'm just picking. I'm just, I'm uh-huh. just messing with you, man. But yeah, I would, I would take uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang over uh, Nice Guys, but that's uh, and I totally get me. that anyway. I totally anyway, get that. I think, you I think you're right. So I think much. It's a we're gonna film. have to end this, or it's gonna cut us off right. anyway. So, all right. All right. Okay. Okay. And we'll have you guys both back on sometime. Well, Sierra, you're you're always on. But thanks, Sierra. Thanks, Paul. Okay. All right. And thank you, Donnie. Thank you guys out there. Yep. Happy Um, holidays, everybody. Happy holidays, everybody. You guys have a good night, and we'll see you next Monday. Okay. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye.